Are you curious about, interested in, or working within the field of anesthesiology and you are a woman, person of color, or otherwise do not fit the stereotypical image of what an anesthesiologist looks like, then this is the podcast for you. We will discuss what life is like on the other side of the blue drape for us. Issues most relevant, such as what is anesthesia really? And we're not talking textbook definition. Tips for applying, success in residency, life as an attending, and beyond. Join us each week as we take a dive into this rich and often misunderstood field. This is your host, Dr. Alicia Peterson, and welcome to Sivo Sisters. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Sivo Sisters, where we diversify and demystify the field of anesthesiology all within the duration of an anesthesia break. Y'all, I thought that my series with Dr. Baruki was finished, but just as I was wrapping it up, I came across a segment that I didn't use that was full of gems. I would like for you to listen to this brief clip I have with Dr. Baruki. I call this a bonus episode. Dr. Baruki provides a three-point framework for how to cope and even thrive in some of the most hardest circumstances. Perhaps for you, it wasn't the passing of a close family member. Maybe it was a rejection or you battling your own illness or terrible financial troubles or maybe it was the death of a relationship. Either way, this three-point framework provides you with some kind of structure when you feel lost and just out of sorts. This can help ground you and help you find some light in the midst of the darkness. Please enjoy. My mom passed away in my my intern year. I matched into a advanced medicine year at a place that was close to my home. It was 15 minutes away at a small community hospital. And she went, got very ill. And so during the first, probably after the first month of my internship, she went into hospice and was in hospice for about four weeks and then passed away. As we all know how that could could be, I will say it was a difficult situation because um, I did not have very much time to take off uh, in order to do everything. So I took two, I was able to take two weeks off the programs that I could take more time. It just was very difficult because starting, it would push back the start of my anesthesia residency. So I decided to just take the two weeks off and and did everything needed to have had my mother's um, celebration of life and then started back up. Yeah. That year was, it was treading water, just getting through, just keeping my head above water that whole year. And it was a tough year. Yeah. I mean, intern year, as we know, is one of the hardest years of anyone's medical training. And I, I mean, how mentally, like when you think about the headspace you were in, were you able to process and and grieve? Or did you know, because your mom had a terminal illness, you were sort of bracing yourself or have already received like counseling and therapy or how did that work? I didn't, um, I think we, I mean, we, we knew, we knew with my mom's diagnosis, there was limited time. So I think, and so I think what was important is I did do everything I could to, to spend time with her. So any moment I could, we were doing something we, you know, 
and little things. Like if we had to go, my mom had to go for, my mom got some follow-up in Texas and then also in New York and we'd make a vacation out of it. You know, we'd go to, to spend time in New York. We went to Ellis Island and my family emigrated from Poland to there. And our name is written on the wall there on Ellis Island. And we had a really lovely moment, you know, where we got to look at my grandmother's name um, on the wall there, or my great grandmother's name written on the wall there. And we spent another time traveling throughout Texas and we went to New Orleans together. You know, we, we took every chance we could to, to spend time together. So that is key folks. That is key to be able to spend that time. And, and this is what was happening during your independent study. Um, independent study. And then any time during residency, I got free time. It was going traveling with her doing something. Or r- rather during that intern year. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, during my intern year. Yep. During my intern year through the end of medical school, things like that. It was all um, doing what I could. Any moment I got free, we were doing something together. Yeah. And then after she passed, uh, how how did you process that? Or was it, you know, you kind of threw yourself into work or you know, how did you navigate sort of, you know, working with patients and being in that hospital setting after, you know, having, yeah, served as sort of the other side of that? Um, You know, I probably just, I, I probably threw myself really into work and didn't really have much, honestly, didn't have much time to think about. I was just an intern year. I did you know, I did three months of ICU intern year. They were like, oh, you're anesthesia. I was in a medicine, you know, intern year. And they're like, you're anesthesia. You're going to need a lot of intensive care units. So I spent like three months doing ICU, which was very, you know, Q2 call, right. which they, they don't allow anymore. And, you know, 30 hours straight working. And I mean, like there was, it was not much time. <laughs> um, my church offered grief counseling. So I did meet with our, with the church a little bit. I met with our pastor who kind of went over some grief related things. And we did a memorial for my mom there and everything. I think I, I, I honestly, it was the, that year's a blur. I was just going, I will say after that year, I kind of, um, I was living in my mother's home and I just, it wasn't, it wasn't good for me. I needed that year to kind of get through. And then when I started at university of Chicago, which was downtown, which wasn't near the home. I, I don't know, silly thing, but reinvented myself in that. I, I packed up everything and I moved out and I moved downtown to Chicago and rented my mother's home. And that was my almost way of kind of, okay, now time to get on with my life. You know, that that whole one year afterward was still spent a lot of time in the shadow of everything that had happened. And then I said, I made kind of like a conscious effort, like, okay, now I'm going to change locations. I even dyed my hair red. I did all kinds of, it just kind of knew me. We're moving forward with, with, with my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took one year and then after that kind of moved, pushed forward, you know? Yeah. And when you say you took one year, I mean, that was sort of your year, um, like following her death that you were doing these different things to just, you know, mark for yourself that this is starting a new chapter. It was a new chapter. That was kind of like the, like that last, like the end of that last chapter. I went through my mom's things while I lived in the home, going through her estate, doing everything that was, and then I got closure and then kind of moved forward and onto the next chapter. So, I mean, I think that that's certainly a word for someone who may are having trouble, you know, being able to move forward from that heavy place. 
is to do something. And it might seem light. It might seem silly. You mentioned, you know, dyeing your hair. You mentioned sort of moving down the block. But these things can signify when you look at yourself that, you know, you are a you are a changed person coming out of this. You are ideally a better person, a stronger person coming out of this. And so some of these external markers can really help you on your spiritual journey mark that we've opened up a new chapter and it, it can facilitate sort of that mindset shift um, to grow and move forward. So I think that's really in, insightful that, you know, you might not have known you were consciously doing it, but mm-hmm. doing these things and it was helping. One of the first parts of the three-part framework is to find some joy in the midst of the pain. One of the great memories Dr. Baruki shared with us was how even in the midst of her treatment, her and her mother make an experience out of it that the two of them can uniquely share. How can you find joy in the midst of that pain? Is it something as simple as standing outside, basking in the sun for a little bit? Maybe it's ordering something really yummy for yourself, planning a trip. So the first part of that framework, finding the bright spot in the darkness. The second part of the framework, she had the support of a group. You've heard through multiple different episodes, having that community matters. And for Dr. Baruki, it was her church community. What community do you have around you? Because no man is an island. We as people are naturally relational. And as much as we want to do everything on our own, we need support. So think about who that community can be for you. And finally, the third part of this is a transformation. So Dr. Baruki talked about how she couldn't live in her mother's house anymore. She had changed her appearance so that she can mark for herself to now start that new chapter. Coco Chanel said, a woman who cuts her hair is about to change her life. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sivo Sisters. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you don't miss out. New episodes drop every week on a Monday because we all can use a little something, something to get us through the week. Am I right? I'd love to hear more from you on the topics that you want to hear. So let me know in the comments. This is Dr. Peterson signing off. See you next time.